Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not a forecast of future events, a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind, I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess, you're from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff, I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that stuff, talk Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. And we're here every Friday talking about money and finances and all those things that go along and just kind of guiding you through the maze when it comes to money. Our guest today is Dr. Kevin Westbrook. We're going to be talking to him in that part of the program about business planning and just uh, how you have kind of put together the thought process behind setting up a good strategy and a good plan. And, Jeremy, I think there's a lot of businesses listening to the program today that need that advice. Absolutely. They're very busy, and so they need some organization and someone to help them along uh, the process on creating their business that ties into their personal plan. And what I like about what Dr. Brestwick does, he does a very good job of putting it in an easy-to-understand verbiage so that we don't get that, you know, we can easily get complicated when you start talking about strategy and planning and all that. But he helps us understand it, and that's important. That's great. Simplicity is good. And Terry Hurt will also be in that program. She's talking about succession planning for business owners. And I mean, such an important subject with aging business owners and the eye behind that. And of course, that is always uh, considered to be something of high priority. Maybe not at the beginning of the business, but at some point in time, when that heroic leader has to step out, succession planning becomes extremely important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with Kevin talking about strategies for business owners, and then when they start thinking about their success that they've had in the transition. That's what Terry's going to be talking about. Before we go to that, though, we always do some facts and figures on Friday. So let's talk a little bit about those facts and figures. Give me some. Sure. Let's talk about uh, personal savings. So the personal savings rate in the U.S. uh, as of February the 28th was 5.8%. So compared to back in April of 2005, the personal savings rate was only at 0.8%. So that's a pretty good move that we've seen. That was a record low in the country back in 2005. And that rate, the savings rate is kind of defined after tax income and consumption spending. Uh, but personal savings going up, that's a great number. Well, that's coming from the Department of Commerce, too. So we are becoming more. I mean, I can remember when we, you know, the average everybody would talk about, hey, we're doing great at 2%. We're moving to 5.8%. That says we're becoming more of a savings nation, and that's important. Yes, that's a great number. But then there's also uh, Americans looking at when they were surveyed, a little over 1,000. This is another fact. This is another fact. So, uh, you know, we had a little over 1,000 adults that were surveyed from the uh, NeighborWorks America said 47% of those uh, people said that they would extinguish their existing emergency savings in 90 days. 
So savings is going up, but they're still not confident in how long it will last. That's the problem. It is. And, of course, everybody talks about inflation today. As measured by the Consumer Price Index, inflation has advanced 4.1% per year over over the 50 years ending February the 28th of 2015. And uh, that's per year of over the ten years ending twenty from from that's that's fit that's going to stopping February the twenty eighth. Now, two percent per year over the ten years ending two twenty eight fifteen, and then the last it's been flat over the last past year with no inflation. In fact, some people might say even a slight moments of deflation during that period of time. So that's kind of an ironic thing. Should we plan today with inflation? Well, I think so. The Department of Labor gives us that. Fact for Friday. So, um, hey, uh, if you just tuned in, I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. We're going to be talking with Dr. Kevin Westbrook and Terry Hurt in a few seconds, and that's going to be discussing business planning and succession planning. Very interesting subjects. So stay tuned. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this message. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Haley Kemp at 901-757-5757 or email at hkemp at shoemakerfinancial.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with uh, Jeremy Jones. Our guest today, Dr. Kevin Westbrook, a frequent guest of ours here on the program and does an excellent job. He is uh, just a little bit about his uh, bio. Of course, for those of you that may have not heard him before, he is uh, president and CEO of Strategic Aim Consulting uh, here in Memphis. And uh, for the last 20 years, he's been a consultant and also in a, worked for a company that developed internal strategies to grow revenues, increase market share, and differentiate services and products. Kevin is a very good friend. Uh, he also teaches at Union University and uh, here in the in the Memphis or Germantown campus. Is that right, Kevin? That's correct. Yes. And uh, so what I'm excited about, uh, Kevin, with you is the reality that you can you can take very good things and help us understand the reality of them. So let's start with this. And, and I mean, it's a, uh, a very big subject. And what I want to do is to kind of help us go through this at this point. Um, I, I guess I'm saying, why is business planning today so important? I mean, I can remember a lot of people used to run their business out of a shoebox. But you can't do that today. Why is it so important? Jim, the reason why business planning is so important is that the environment is changing. We work in a very, very fast environment. I mean, it is changing constantly, as you well know in your business. And without a proper roadmap, where are you going to go? How are you going to get there? And what a business plan does, it gives me a formal, structured way of, of monitoring my business and giving that business some direction as we, get, as we go down the line with our strategy. Do you find that nonprofits? Uh, I know you work with a lot of nonprofits, and uh, there's, I mean, ministry, city, city, and government, uh, community organizations. Are they astute with their business planning, or do they still maybe function? Even though it is a fast-moving world, 
in the shoebox mentality. Sure, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. And what we have found in working with lots of nonprofits on the university side, a lot of nonprofits, the bigger they become, the more structured they become in their business planning because they're out trying to get grants and they're trying to get uh, various funding from external funding sources. And those funding sources say, look, I need to see a business plan. Gotcha. But I'll be very honest with you. I don't care how big you are from a nonprofit side of your business. You need a business plan to help you get to where you want to be. You're offering services to the community. You're trying to raise funds in the community. And you need a good structured approach to, uh, to get you to where you need to be from, from, from any size organization, whether you be large or small. And so we work with a lot of different size nonprofits here in the Memphis area to help them get a good strategy where they want to be in the next three to five years. So, Kevin, if I'm a business owner and, uh, you know, I understand that, yes, I, I, I do want to plan, but, uh, you know, it's overwhelming sometimes. And so what are some of the key elements when, when you talk about developing a business plan? Yeah, sure. The great question. I get that a lot. The first thing you need to do, Jeremy, is really understand your operating environment. What what effect does the economy have on your nonprofit or for-profit business? What effect do regulations have? What effect do uh, legal decisions that are going on? And then you need to think about your target market and your customer market. What's changing sociodemographically with the customers or people that you're trying to service if you're a nonprofit? And a lot of uh, organizations really have a hard time kind of gleaning or ascertaining what those different variables are that they need to be monitoring and watching in the environment. From there, then we develop a set of goals and objectives. Where do you want to take the organization, both short-term and long-term? And then what strategies should come about to help you attain those goals and objectives? And then key to that is what type of tactical actions are you going to assume to get you down the road to where you need to be? And then how are you going to measure yourself to make sure you got there? All right. Give us that in a summary because you covered a lot of material. I mean, that was kind of a big – so in bullet point form, help me understand what you just said. I I think that's so critical, but but it's – but but it, it was it went by it flew by as okay. I was listening. All right. So in, in bullet point form, give it to me. All right, let's break it down. Number one, understand your environment. And you need to really understand all of the factors that are impinging upon your business. You've got to hire people, you've got to understand your, your target market and your customers and who you're trying to service if you're a nonprofit. You've got to understand all of the regulations and the governmental implications that may impact your business. Well, I would think, Kevin, not, not to interrupt you because I know you're doing this bullet point, but I would think that business, when you're a business or a nonprofit who starts that, already already has an idea about that. Is that Do you find that not to be the case? Well, it's funny you should say that because a lot of, of, of companies we that I work with on the, on the for-profit side and also companies that I've dealt with on the nonprofit side really don't really understand their environment. I've, I've actually worked with people, honestly, that will define their customer, and then we'll go out and do some research, and it's a totally different customer that's actually target, that they, they should be targeting or that's interested in their business services. So a lot of people, be, I guess they're out of tune with what the environment uh, is, is, is happening, and they need to be more in tune with what's really going on in, 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 in their world. And I think a lot of it, Jim, is that we get busy and we just fail to really look at what's changing in the environment and understanding the changing variables. Okay. It's, it's an ongoing process that you need to, to make sure you, you, you continue. Okay, go back to your bullet points. So yeah. Understanding the environment, that's number one. Your customer, that's I got sure. there. Then from there, you've got to develop a set of goals and objectives. What is it that I want to accomplish? And objectives and goals need to be very specific. You need to be able to measure them. 
They need to be uh, attainable. In other words, we I don't like stretch goals and objectives that, that are unattainable. Why are you trying to stretch the organization to some unrealistic goal? So you need some realism to your goals. And you need a timetable. I call it the SMART principle. From goals and objectives, Jim, then you come up with strategy. What particular actions are you going to do in your business to, to reach your strategic goals and objectives? And then from there, specific tactical actions. I mean, down to the nitty-gritty, the, 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 the fine-tuned actions you're going to do within the organizations, down in the weeds, if you will, mm. specifically with timetables. And then you need to set up a set of metrics. How are you going to measure yourself to make sure that you attain your goals and objectives? Let me introduce Terry because I want to, I want Terry to help me with this. But Terry, you you when we talk with business people, and I know you're working a lot of business owners. Terry Hurt is one of our advisors uh, in the office, and uh, she works a lot with business owners. Terry, when you when you talk to a business owner, do you find that they got everything that uh, Kevin was just talking about, or what's your experience with a business owner? Well, most business owners, as Ke- Kevin has mentioned, are very very busy, and so most of the time they do not have these things addressed. And part of the role that we play is to help them get focused. Yeah, I, I think she's right. I think the hard part is is entrepreneurs, business owners. I mean, they're an entrepreneur. They're a business owner for a reason. Uh, they wanted, they had a vision of, of creating something, something that they wanted to do. And that's their focus. That's what they're thinking about. That's what they're driving to do when they wake up in the morning. But all the other things surrounding them strategically around a plan, whether it's tying to their personal or to the business, they don't think about. Kevin, let me ask you this, and I guess any one of you guys can chime in on this, but Kevin, you've been doing this a long time, so this is not uh, brand new stuff. Uh, Do you, would you ever, you mentioned entrepreneur, I guess is what I'm thinking, Jeremy, you said entrepreneur. Would you ever tell someone they ought not to be in business? I mean, Kevin, I mean, this guy walks in the door and says, I got a vision. I got a dream. I want to do this. Would you ever say to a guy, it's a great idea, but maybe you ought to get somebody else to do it? I mean, is there, because there is a personality or is there a personality? Can anybody run a business? You know, that's a great question, and and I've run across people that I wonder how in the world they're in the business that they're in. Mm. Uh, you know, I think it takes certain skill sets. Uh, if you lack passion, Jim, mm. you shouldn't do what, you, what you're when doing. When you say passion, you wouldn't be doing something if you didn't have the passion. Well, I've run into a lot of people, honestly, that don't have passion or have lost that passion. Okay, okay. And so there's a skill set that's involved. There's a passion and desire for that business. And, and also resources. A lot of people don't allocate the necessary resources. I'll be honest with you, where I, I, I'm not the best creative guy. I don't design websites. Now, I help you with content, yeah. but I'm not the artist that puts the website together. So I've got to go out and hire that. And a lot of people try to do stuff on their own, candidly, without hiring or getting the necessary resources in their organization. And that will kill you in the business. Is that because they don't have the, back to what Terry said, time, they're busy, and, you know, the money? All that, Terry, is that what you're seeing too? Well, I think once a business starts to become successful and the money starts to roll in, they're very, very territorial about protecting that income. Uh-huh. And so they do not want to allocate those resources or maybe afraid because they've worked so hard to build it to where it is today, to become profitable, that they're, they're gatekeepers. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. I mean, keeping things to themselves <laughs> – and thinking that they are the only ones. And what it does is it prevents them from really growing and expanding their business. And so, 
you mentioned it, Kevin. I think what most business owners uh, need to do is surround themselves with a good team, with good consultants or good team members uh, who support their strengths. But guys, have, I mean, is that the chicken and the egg syndrome? I mean, when do you? How do you do that? I mean, Kevin. Well, again, I'm trying to. I'm thinking of the person listening to the program. Yeah. All right. They're they're out there thinking. I've got an idea. I am passionate. I mean, those two. I think that's critical. If you don't agree with you, no passion. You know, don't be don't be an entrepreneur. Don't start a business. But when should they begin to put together that team of people that uh, Jeremy's talking about? And you've been saying a plan, being strategic about a plan. Do they write the plan down? I mean, all those things. I'm just thinking, how much would you save in time and energy if you did this at the beginning versus 36 months into it when you're in trouble? Well, a great question, and and I'll tell you this. I've been in my own consulting practice for about seven years now, mm-hmm. and usually people call me in when they're at a crisis, mm-hmm. and and it's reactive at that point versus proactive. And a lot of times, if you would sit down and take some time and prioritize the the effort of planning on the front end, you'll avoid the crisis that pops up. And then you're not reactionary anymore because we have to make fast decisions sometimes under reactionary circumstances. And I'll be honest with you, there are a lot of times because of the circumstances, we make the bad decisions when we're reacting. So what I'm a big proponent of is sitting down and really thinking this thing out on the front end and putting the discipline in your life every year to sit down and say, what is it that I want to accomplish this year and the next three to five years in my business and how are we going to get there and, and use a proactionary approach versus trying to react to the crisis when it occurs? Then it may be too late, Jim. Well, that's uh, yeah, I think that's probably the key. I mean, I, I like what you're saying. We've got some bullet points for people to be listening to. If you just tuned in, my guest today is Dr. Kevin Westbrook and Terry Hurt. And we're really talking about the idea behind a plan and, and trying to get some ideas and writing it down and some bullet points and things like that and why it's important and uh uh, what we see is if you don't have the passion, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. But uh, most of us as small business owners are busy. Uh, we don't have enough people, and uh, we're under tons of pressure, uh, and we don't have the resources is what you were saying, Kevin. So uh, just want to remind you, if you would like to talk to Dr. Westbrook, his telephone number, uh, you can reach him at 901-258-0227. That's 258-0227. He's the president and CEO of Strategic Aim Consulting, LLC, and, of course, uh, is a frequent guest on Talk Money with us because he brings a wealth of knowledge about what business owners, that's not-for-profits, that's cities, ministries, communities, or the business that's for-profit. If you've got a question for him, don't hesitate to call him. When we come back, I really want to kind of dive into the idea of um, succession planning, Terry, and uh, why that's important for us to move into that. You you said it earlier, the effort of planning, uh, Kevin, you got to put the effort. You don't want to wait to the crisis, and all of a sudden you got to put all the things that sometimes you make bad decisions. So when we come back, we'll be uh, diving into that particular session and uh, see what we got with these guys. It's a great program, and uh, I appreciate you listening. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. You're listening to KWAM 990, the program. Talk money. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. My guest today, Mr. or Dr. Kevin Westbrook and Terry Hurt. And we're talking about financial, kind of the whole idea behind the financial side of a business plan. How do you put it together? What to do? Before I 
Say anything else about that, like us on Facebook. We'll remind you to do that. And you can find us at iTunes and search. Just simply go to Shoemaker Financial on iTunes, and you get to listen to the program again or any program that might be found there that you would be interested in listening to. If you've got a question for us, just remind you to go to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Send us a question, talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial, and we do get the questions on the air. And part of today's program is the result of a question. So we want to make sure that we always do that. Talk money at shoemakerfinancial.com. So, Kevin, you talked, we've been talking a lot about business owners and planning and why they need a plan. But I know with as many people as you run across every day, there's a lot that do not write a plan. So why don't people write a business plan? couple of reasons, Jeremy, I have found over the years. Number one, I think the biggest reason for a lot of business owners, I don't have time. Things are going well. I'm making money. Revenues are coming in, and um, I'm just swamped. And, and I'll be honest with you, my own business, the last few years, that's been my problem in, in doing what I, what I teach. But I'll be honest with you, there are going to be times, though, when you're going to have those downturns. And if you haven't planned adequately, you're going to be in the reactionary mode. And so it's time now to think, where do I want to be in the next 24 months, 36 months, or even five years out? That's what business planning is all about, is to, to help thwart some of those downturns in your business with a good strategy on a go-forward basis so that we don't get into a reactionary mode when things happen in our business. Or, you know, growth is great. So the question is, do I have the resources in place to handle exceptional growth that may be coming up in the future? That's part of planning, too. It may not all, always be a downturn. It may be an upturn. And do I have things in place to help me handle it before I uh, you know, upset customers because I can't deliver? I don't have enough resources or employees to handle the business. Those are all part of business planning, too. So it's good and the bad times yeah, that, that we need to plan that's for. That's a good point. I, I appreciate you guys a lot being on the program because I think we're talking to an audience that listen, you know, if you got some that may be thinking about getting into starting their own business and you mentioned the word passion earlier. And then we're also talking to those people that are running the business, wondering, you know, which ends up and they need a plan. Uh, and then you've got that group that's done well and, but they haven't done some of the basics after they've been successful. And Terry, one of the things I wanted to ask you, and again, if you just remind everybody who I'm talking to, just if you hadn't tuned in, just tuned in. Terry Hurt uh, is one of our advisors in the office. She has a background in finance and taxation. And Terry, what I'm looking at is you talk to a lot of business owners. What do you find out of the concerns that business owners have? What what are you what are they telling you as you walk through them? We just talked about one not too long ago that is in Arkansas. I mean, he he unloaded on you a whole bunch of stuff. But what are you hearing? The biggest concern that I hear is related to succession planning. How is the business going to plan around when I'm no longer part of that business? And what's going to happen after I'm gone? Do you find most of the business owners' concern is that are they waiting too late? Are they concerned that there's nobody in place? Or what are they thinking? I think it's a combination of all of that. Uh, Depending on the nature of the business, uh, sometimes families want to maintain the business within the family, but they have no formalized structure to guarantee that that happens after they're gone. Some of the concerns uh, revolve around taxes and how they're going to plan around that to really uh, minimize the tax liability to beneficiaries, to heirs, or to themselves when they retire. Mm, that's a That's a great point. Yeah, I think it's uh, everybody thinks, or a business owner, and what I hear a lot of times is, 
well, my kids will just take it over. Or these key employees that have been working with them for 30, 40 years will just take it over. Well, it's just not that simple. I mean, they don't have anything in writing. They don't have a document. Uh, it's just like, uh, you know, a will. You know, it's you got to have it in writing just to make it happen, what you want to happen afterwards, and to minimize taxes as well on the transition. And how are you going to go about making that transition? Well, I guess it goes back to, again, the, the effort is into planning. What you're saying, Kevin, is that you have to do some of that now instead of waiting until you see the train coming and head, heading at you at an enormously fast pace. To me, Jim, it's kind of a risk management yeah. thought process. You know, we, we talk about succession planning and the retirement or the stepping down of a business owner, but what about a catastrophic event where a business owner dies or becomes disabled, for mm. instance? So do you have a plan in place in the event that something horrible happens to your business and the, the owner's gone all of a sudden? Who are you going to hand it to? Mm. How's, it gonna, how's that transition going to happen? Do you have the resources in place to, to handle a catastrophic event? Have you even thought about it from an, kind of an enterprise risk management standpoint of, of how you're going to communicate that to customers, to your employees, to your vendors? That's all pretty important. And I've seen that happen in businesses where all of a sudden the owner's gone. And it's like, wow. What do we do now? And we're at a crisis, but if the owner thinks about in the event that, that I go away all of a sudden, what am I going to do to keep this business going? That is proactive. Yeah, well, but you mentioned the word think about. Do you think maybe that's what they do? We think about it and we don't do anything. There's no action to it. I think there has – yeah, you're right. I think there has to be – in the event that I'm gone tomorrow, how am I going to transition accounts? How am I going to – reorganize, and, hey, write it down and communicate it to your team. Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, i just give you a real quick personal test, not a personal testimony, but a client, uh, everybody was fine. This is a huge, successful company doing great. Now, we're not talking about this is a privately held company, but very, very successful, back to what Terry was saying. And all of a sudden, uh, we looked at, we, do, we were doing a plan, doing some of the strategy you're thinking about. And as we dug into everything, they had some debt. I mean, they were buying huge pieces of equipment, and the debt was definitely there. And as you dig into it, you found out there was one signature on the debt that in every case, it was the, the signature. And you know who it was. It was the owner, the heroic leader. We pulled the banking people in and said, okay, if the heroic leader was not here tomorrow, would you call these loans or would you allow the current sub guys, the guys underneath, could they continue to handle these loans? And you know the answer? Absolutely not. They wanted the money. They said, no way. It says right here. If this guy's not here, loans are due immediately. They become due. That's a huge shock for everybody in the place. And again, did they think everything was fine? Yeah. But the reality, they needed to do some of that digging in a little deeper and work on the plan. Terry, that's what you do. That's where you're digging in with that, that client to help them do that. Well, and some of the issues that come up is they have a big plan for the succession of the business that involves their children. And once you start having the discussions, the children don't want any part of the business. Yeah. Mm. So, okay, now we're at a different crossroads. So how do we create well, income the children for the- want it. <laughs> the children want it with a whole lot of stipulations. Or they just want the cash. Yeah. And so- how do we get the cash to the heirs and still continue the business or, or 
unwind the business upon your death. And I think we're facing a lot of those challenges. So having that conversation early on versus later, when we talk about transition and exit, it's not exit planning as in, you know, I have six months to live or I'm going to retire next month. No, no, no. It's got to be much earlier than that because your thoughts on how you want to exit may be different from the people who you had in mind to take over, whether it's employees or whether it's family members. So having that conversation with those people, putting the plan in place early on, uh, will help it much better transition. Well, I mean, uh, when I want to take a break, but we'll come back. Kevin, I want to ask you, because uh, I think you're talking about the issue, talk about passion, talk about a person with an idea and a vision, and then, you know, we're talking about trying to do some planning. But how much do we sometimes see people write a plan that it's more uh, fluff. They, they 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 check it off, and it's now well we did our plan and it's done. But is it really strategic? Is it really thought? So I'm really interested in that when we come back. But if you just tuned in, of course, I'm talking to Dr. Kevin Westbrook and Terry Hertz from the office, and we're talking about business planning and the whole idea behind what it takes to do a good solid plan. So when we get back after Rebecca Brazier, we will uh, dive into fluff. Is it really fluff? The last decade of the 19th century saw a wave of incorporations of towns within Shelby County, such as Madison Heights, Binghampton, and Idlewild. Memphis City officials saw this as a major public health issue, the horrific yellow fever epidemic in 1878 still being fresh on their minds. To prevent the recurrence of an epidemic, the city worked hard to improve garbage collection, install modern restrooms, replace wood with gravel in the roadways, and most importantly, build a modern sewer system. These changes were neither fast nor cheap, and many Memphians were very anxious over the thought of smaller towns being near Memphis that could not afford a proper level of sanitation control. After much political wrangling between the city and state legislature, an annexation measure was passed, making these communities part of the city of Memphis. The annexation put to rest the concerns over public health felt by those who had gone through the horror of the yellow fever epidemic 10 years earlier and doubled the size of the city. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. We're talking with Dr. Kevin Westbrook and Terry Hurt, and we're talking about business planning and why is it important and taking charge of your plan and the passion that it takes to be a business planner. If you like this program, we'd like to, if you want to listen to it again, just simply go to iTunes and type in Shoemaker Financial. You can pick this program up or any other program that you might uh, be interested in listening to. Like us on Facebook at Shoemaker Financial. And, of course, if you have a question for us, Terry would uh, be glad to answer it. All you have to do is send to, simply send it to uh, talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. It's talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com, and we will get the question on the air or get to you personally and answer the question for you. There's no obligation for that at all. We just like to know what our listening audience is wanting to hear from us, and we designed the program around that. That's talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Before the break, Kevin, I ask you about when you write a plan, and, I, and I'm guilty of this. I mean, uh, you've helped me in, in some, so many ways and how to put the plan together, but we have a tendency 
to to put a lot of stuff into a plan. But I hate to say it, if you really got into it and checked it out, there's a lot of fluff in the plan. So, how, how, first of all, how would you define fluff? And the reality is, how do you get side where you don't write fluff? Well, fluff is, is a, a lot of definitions for fluff. Absolutely. I'll tell you this. Absolutely. But, but you know, part of it is I, I think plans should be simple. They shouldn't be an arduous task that I go through every year and check off the box. Because here's what I find. A lot of companies will write flowery and beautiful plans, and then it goes into somebody's drawer. And then about a year later, they say, we got to have a business plan. We've got a board meeting coming up. Get it out. Let's dust it off. And, and, and year over year, it's just a, a residual or a rolling business plan. So, Jim, I think a couple of things. One, simplicity. I think, two, I think you ought to bounce your plan off someone external to the company. I mean, you're, you're in the middle of it. Uh, bring somebody in occasionally and have them look at your business plan. Go through a vetting process. Have a consultant look at it, maybe an attorney look at it. Uh, you have your board look at it, and I hope your board on your board, it's, it's made up of people that understand business planning and can give you the feedback that you need. Uh, to give you the advice that you need and really challenge you and ask the difficult questions about your plan and how you're going to get there. And then do you have a scorecard? Are you going to measure yourself at the end of the year on how you did on your plan? And I'll be honest with you, my planning process that I teach is really uh, an active planning process. I think you should sit down every quarter, take out that plan and say, look, where are we on this plan? Now, obviously, there's some things, some goals that we set in January, if we're on a fiscal year, a calendar year, that we want to accomplish, and things change. And we're now in April or May, and and uh, I can't do that particular objective. So you need to sit down every quarter and say, what can I do and what can I not do, and what are we going to continue? I think it needs to be reviewed quarterly and then prioritize with the team in your organization on what you're planning to accomplish for the rest of the year so that it doesn't go in somebody's drawer, and all of a sudden in November it's time to write another one, and it's like, oh, what did we say last year? We'll just say it again this year. And that's what a lot of companies do, unfortunately, in their planning process. Well, I think uh, we talk about fluff. I I see fluff as ideas. You know, a lot of business owners have ideas, and and they're probably all great ideas – but which ones are you committed to? And the commitment to a certain uh, things of ideas that you really want to do, whether it's now or five years from now, as long as you're committed to them, then that's when the execution becomes much easier. But when we have a lot of ideas written down in our plan, as a lot of business owners might right. do or individuals might have, is it makes it – it sounds great – but you're not committed to it. And that's a great point. We, we, we jot down a, a, a plethora of things we want to do. The problem is, what are the three to five things you really want to accomplish this year or over the next three years? And let's keep it simple and, and agree to three or five priorities and then try to execute those rather than creating lots of ideas that are never rolled out ever. Well, I also think when businesses are creating their business plan, it's really driven merely by profits. And a lot of times, some of the things that are not considered are the risk, risk management aspects. Mm. So when you're drafting a plan for a business, I think it's very important to consider some of the risk issues and the factors uh, that drive some of that risk. For example, key employees, um, you know, that's a huge factor. So if one of your key employees were to disappear, uh, pass away, go to a competitor, what are you going to do? How are you going to be prepared for that? Uh, if the owner of the company 
gets sick, gets disabled, how are you going to continue this business and drive profitability? And that is sort of a backdrop and one of those things that people never want to think about because we all think we're going to live forever and the businesses might be doing great, but you really do have to have a contingency plan in place for those what-ifs and those unexpected circumstances that that may not always be positive. But Terry, do you find people that when we talk about, you know, whether I mean, I'm thinking of a client that had a key employee that passed away last year, and uh, I've buried some owners, and we've done some things, Jeremy, you know, as far as that. But do you find, Terry, that sometimes people will – do what Kevin said. They'll write the plan. They eliminate the fluff. They do that, but they don't do the plan. I mean, it. it ter- I mean, Kevin, you said it. They they come back in a year and they take it out of the drawer and dust the dust. You know, get the dust off of it. That's not executing the plan, Terry. Do you see that in your practice where people are just they have it, but they're just not staying on it. They have it. They're not staying on it, and they're not executing the plan. So the value of a plan is really to execute the plan. The fact that you prepare a plan, it sits in a nice binder on your shelf, really is of no use to your business. You know, we say that in the firm. It's not about the plan. It's about the results. The results. And and the results is really all about did you execute it. And we see that as our role. And I guess that's critical for anybody thinking about that, that that you have to have that person or persons, consultants, as, as Kevin said, to help guide you through to keep you motivated if you're not focused on that. Now, one thing that always motivates business owners is driving taxes down. So luckily, they get a reminder every year when they file their tax returns how they really need to be referring back to this plan to minimize taxes and start executing some of the things that are put in this plan. That's extremely important. Kevin, I know a lot of times you're talking with people. What, what, what do you see as far as this execution thing? Well, I really like what she had to say, Jim, about the, the risk management side. And, and when you think about execution, two other things you need to think about is not only losing key employees, but what happens if you lose a key vendor that you're dependent upon? I've seen more and more companies get into a crisis mode because some supplier or vendor has, is now out of the picture. Or how about this? What about a key customer? that goes away, that gets merged or bought or goes out of business or, or changes and goes to another vendor and doesn't do business with you anymore. So there are a lot of things that you really need to think about uh, from, from a risk management standpoint. And in and, and dealing with execution, it's really coming up with a, a set of doables for that particular year and then assigning those doables to people in your organization, including yourself, and putting a, a proper timetable on the completion of those tasks. And I'm talking about really getting into the weeds with a chronological, time-sensitive plan to roll out certain activities in a year. Well, (laughs) getting in the weeds, very strategic, roll out the plan, all of this stuff, and you're talking to an entrepreneur. When we come back, I'm going to find out how you three deal with the guy that runs as hard as he can run, and then it decides in six months to change and go a completely different direction. Because entrepreneurs are noted for doing that. They're very good at creating ideas. So if you just tuned in, I'm talking with, of course, Jeremy Jones is the host with me, but also Dr. Kevin Westbrook and Terry Hurt. And we're talking about kind of the business and how do you plan and whether you're a profit or not for profit, what are the, some of the things you need to be doing? So if you happen to be listening and you're a business owner or an employee of a business and you see that there's all kind of issues, you might want to stay tuned because we'll be right back for finding out how you continue to keep on track of what you're trying to do. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. 
Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan, it's the results. Welcome back. You know, I've not decided that Art plays music in this part of the half hour. It's the best music around. And, hey, that's just good stuff, Art. You're doing a great job. As always, kind of keeps us moving and keeps me pumped up. That's a great guitar playing there. And speaking of guitar playing, I happen to know somebody that's one of our guests today that plays a pretty good guitar. That's Dr. Kevin Westbrook. And uh, also along with him is uh, his singing partner, Terry Hurt. (laughs) And and singing bass for us is Jeremy Jones. (laughs) They only got a third of that correct. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it's not going to be a quartet here in a few minutes. Uh, I got you. Uh, If you just tuned in, of course, Dr. Kevin Westbrook, Terry Hurt, and Jeremy Jones are here in the studio. We're talking about money. This is Talk Money. It's uh, on KWAM. It's a program where we're talking about finances, money. Whatever it you know, whatever hits you. And again, if you've got a question for us, simply send it to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com because the program's kind of designed around that. We'll get to your questions. We'll answer your questions and do the best we can. You can like us on Facebook or you can find us at iTunes if you like this program, want to listen to it again. Or if you didn't get to listen to all of it, it'll be on iTunes. Just go to Shoemaker, you know, iTunes and search Shoemaker Financial, and you've got multiple programs you can listen to. We're talking, guys. About business planning and the entrepreneur and the mindset. And Kevin, during the program, you've said that some of the things for planning to do is to keep it simple. Terry, you talked about that, not to get too too overwhelmed with it. Seek outside counsel, whether it be a consultant like you, Kevin, and you can do that, or Terry. But maybe it's your board, but somebody who's willing to to check you. That was critical. I like that. A scorecard. Know the metrics. Are you accomplishing? Are you hitting your target? Are you moving it down the path that you want to go? And then check it quarterly. Check it on a regular basis. Don't put it away and bring it out once a year and dust it off and do that. So I think that's important. And then I think the fifth thing, which I think is one of the most important, is prioritize. Now, we've had all kind of problems about whether or not it's somebody's, you know, busy and they got, you know, they have a key employee to lose. You talked about a vendor. You talked about a customer leaving. All those things of risk management. Uh, Terry talked about that. But, guys, here's my question to you, and I'll start with you, Kevin. The the entrepreneur, the mindset, the, the this guy that's willing to take risks because this guy's taking risk. He's some. I know when I started the company, I had to refinance my house, and you know it was a little bit of dollars, and I didn't have a net worth of. I couldn't sign a financial statement well enough to even get the you know the telephone company to come and put the phones in. I had to get somebody to help me do that. So I understand the mindset of an entrepreneur, and I had to learn very quickly that I would run hard one way and then change and go there, and everybody would want to know which way we're going. How do you, as a consultant, help someone? I like your term, your your company's name, strategic aim. 
How do you help somebody understand strategic A? Well, here's the, here's the here's the deal with the entrepreneur, and I'll be honest with you, I'm an entre- entrepreneur yes, too. Yes, you are. I mean, I've you know I've built, built a consulting practice over the last seven years, and I've been running and gunning like everybody else many times as much as some of my my clients. You know what, Jim? It takes discipline. You have got to say, look, business planning is important to my business, and I'm not going to continue success with. Con- continued success unless I put some discipline in my life and in my business. And so once a year, twice a year, whatever it is, you need to sit down and say, look, on my calendar, I'm going to spend two days and I'm going to take a retreat and I'm going to go off and think about planning. I'm going to bring my team together. We're going to work on planning together. And the second piece is have somebody in your business world that will hold you accountable to the planning process. The board needs to step up and say, what have you done? If you've got a board, what have you done around business planning? How have you measured yourself? How have you done so far? And where are you planning on going in the future? Terry, you've run into some people like that, I know. Definitely. Absolutely. Entrepreneurs have a mindset of their own. They're very, very uh, big risk takers. And I think that's the lure for them. You know, they have an idea, they want to see it take off, they want to launch the idea, and they run so fast that they don't really pay attention to the rest. And if they were, you know, able to manage all the things that you have to do in the corporate world, they might still be in the corporate world. Maybe they're not that type of person. They're they're wanting to do things on their own. Jeremy, you've run into a lot of that. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you got a lot of variety of different people and how they react and what their goals are. And, and so you have to respond and and give them advice and on what they're looking at and what they're driving to do so it's it's important to have a good conversation with them and understand what their goals are and really you got to listen so you got to ask a lot of questions and listen to them so you can help them with what they're trying to do so we're talking about really seeking that counsel that's the key part right there is making sure you get the counsel and so reality is that um I guess that's kind of what we're seeing in today's program. I have two people here that are very good, and you need to think about it. Kevin Westbrook, if you'd like to talk to Kevin Westbrook, Dr. Westbrook's telephone number is 258-0227, strategicaimconsulting.com, right? That's correct, Jim. And just uh, all you got to do is just pick up the phone and give you guys a call, and that would be great. Terry Hurt can be reached at Shoemaker Financial by calling 757-5757. You know, guys, it's one quick summary for me. What would you say in two words or less, Kevin? I said discipline. What's your word? Call in the consultant if you're not good at this. Okay. Terry, what's yours? Get planning. Get planning. That's great. A good job. Know what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. You got to you, Put gotta you guys know. on the spot, didn't it? Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, if you just tuned in, I'm Jim Shoemaker. You've been listening to Talk Money. There's a book I will recommend to you that you can go to crownfinancial.org. Crownfinancial.org. It's business by the book. And it, the book is, of course, the biblical book, the Bible. It's written by Larry Burkett, one of the most profound books that I've read, Business by the Book, Larry Burkett, crownfinancial.org. Thank you guys for being a part of the program today. Producer and board operator, Art Frederick. Guest and content coordination by Francis Fordner. Public assistance, our production assistance, I should say, Eleanor Moskovich and Katie Brashear. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier. It's read by Rebecca and, of course, written by Drew Johnson. I'm Jim Shoemaker, along with Jeremy Jones, Kevin Westbrook, Terry Hurt. We're here every Friday. Helping you make the most of your money. 
Jim Shoemaker and Jeremy Jones are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not a forecast of future events, a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such.